So Psalm 127, and we're just going to look at the first two verses this morning together, and then we're going to pray. Let's read this, the word of God together. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And Father, we pray for a blessing upon your word now, that your spirit will speak to our hearts where we uh, live and where this word is so powerfully intersecting with our lives. We commit this time in your word to you in Jesus' name. Amen. In politics, uh, they often talk about kitchen table issues, meaning those issues that hit people where they live, the kind of issues they talk about around the kitchen table. Psalm 127 is what I would call a kitchen table psalm. Solomon is talking about the issues where we live, the things that we deal with every day, the things that really consume so much of our lives. And we can break it down into three broad categories. I'm going to break it down this way, make it memorable. Uh, Productivity, protection, and provision. Productivity refers to the kind of life that we're building, the kind of house We're building. Protection speaks to the steps that we take to safeguard what we care about. And provision describes the work we do to get the things that we need. So (coughs) these are the basics of life. Excuse my voice while it recovers. These are the things that we care about. And Solomon gives us a key to building a life that is blessed in these three areas. Before we look at that, I want us to just briefly consider the context of Psalm 127. Psalm 127 is one of 15 psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. They were songs or psalms that were written and sung to celebrate pilgrimage from wherever the believer was to Jerusalem to worship God. So as they traveled to Jerusalem to worship God, these would be, these 15 psalms would be psalms that would help them on the journey, psalms of ascent. The reason they're called songs of ascent is because, number one, Jerusalem is on a hill, it's on an elevation, so no matter where you're coming from, surrounding Jerusalem, as you head towards Jerusalem, you're, you're ascending, you're going up to the hill that Jerusalem is on. But I think more importantly, as you were going to worship God in the holy temple, it didn't matter if you were coming from north, south, east, or west, you were going up. You were ascending to worship God. Worshiping God is always ascending. It is one of the highest callings we have as human beings. In fact, God created us to be worshipers. And so when we are 
going up to worship God, when we are going to the house of God to worship him, we are ascending, we are rising, we are going up. That is, that is what God created us to do. So I I just want to say this, this isn't in my notes, but sometimes today, I think some of us can feel self-conscious worshiping God, particularly out loud. And I want to just say, you were created to worship God. Excuse my voice, it just, it's kind of cutting out on me. It's not the microphone, it's my voice. Um, But... But you were created to ascend to worship God. That's the highest calling. And, uh, and don't think, and guys, I'm going to talk to you because sometimes we guys can be self-conscious. Like, you know, if I raise my hand or I raise my voice, I mean, that's not a manly thing to do. David would beg to differ. David could take every one of us on at one time, and yet he was a worshiper because he, he just loved God. So guys, ladies, children... Worshiping God is one of the highest things we can do. Now, we don't all have to do it exactly the same way. And most important thing is it's in our heart. But, but let's be worshipers of God. That is ascending. That is rising. That is always going up. And that's what this psalm is telling us, how to ascend in life, how to rise in life, how to build a life that is blessed, that is meaningful and true to form. Solomon begins... By offering a positive message in a negative perspective. And he borrows one of his favorite words. The word is vain. You probably remember from the book of Ecclesiastes, the theme of Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, is vanity of vanities. All is vanity. That word means empty. It means meaningless. It means futile. I remember so clearly when uh, we decided to preach through the book of Ecclesiastes, and I told Janice, she said, that sounds depressing. But it wasn't. I love that book. But vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So what I want to do is kind of consider Solomon's encouragement from his negative perspective first, then turn it around and consider his positive encouragement from the positive perspective. Here's the negative perspective. Here's what he's saying. The life built without God will be built in vain. The life built without God will be built in vain. He loved the word vain, empty, futile. I remember years ago reading a story about two men who broke into a second story, second floor office in order to steal a safe. True story. And as they're moving the safe, they got to the stairs. They're trying to finagle this safe down the stairs, and they lost control of it. And it went tumbling down the stairs, but it also, one of the guys lost his footing, and he fell down the stairs, and the safe fell on top of him, crushed him to death. That's bad enough, but what really caught my attention is is um, in the news articles, the owner of that office said what these men didn't know is that safe had nothing of value in it. It had a few family pictures and a few things that had value to me, but it had nothing of value to them. That, that is a picture of giving a lot of energy and even giving your life to something that has no value. You end up crushed by something that's empty. 
That's what the word vain means. No purpose. Futile. Without God, all our efforts will amount to nothing. Without God, the life we build will be in vain. Without God, the steps we take to protect what we cherish will be in vain. Without God, our work, our toil to provide will be in vain. Doesn't matter how long or how much or how many hours. Without God, we can spend our entire life moving safes that are empty. We can move the safe of making a lot of money or the safe of climbing the corporate ladder or, or, or getting a great education or, or, or raising the perfect family or creating the, 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 a good reputation. And we can put all our efforts into any of these things or a thousand other things and move and work and strive and in the end we're left with our arms around an empty safe. Everything we poured ourselves into will be for nothing. And that's a really strong statement. But it's exactly what Jesus said in John 15. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we can, put a, we can be very busy. You can be very busy apart from Jesus. You can work a lot apart from Jesus. You can expend a lot of effort. You can move things around apart from Jesus. It can look like we're getting a lot done. But what Jesus is saying is, apart from me, you can do nothing of eternal value. In other words, nothing that lasts from this life to eternity can be done apart from me. We don't have the ability. We just don't have the ability to do something that has meaning apart from Jesus. And that's what Solomon's saying. Vain, 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 three times. So it feels like an incredibly negative psalm. Building is in vain, he says. Watching the city is in vain. Providing for yourself and your family is in vain, vain, vain. And it would be an incredibly negative psalm, except for one word. The word unless. Unless. That one word changes everything. It turns everything around. It pours hope into this psalm. It describes what can be unless, unless. It's all in vain. Your life is in vain. Every effort you make, all that you pour into is in vain, is empty, is meaningless. Oh, unless the Lord builds with you. Build with God, and your house will last. Watch the city walls with God, and what you care about will be safe. Toil with God, and you can sleep like a baby. Psalm 127 is describing a life of synergy. A life of God building and us building. God protecting and us protecting. God providing and us providing. Synergy, it means working together. 
Now, I need to underline something here. You know this, but I need to say it and underline it again. That is not how our salvation works. We don't work with God to be saved. Can I hear an amen on that? Be, be Pentecostal for a moment there, because that's worth, that's worth amening. We, please, please get that deep, deep into your heart. We don't work with God to be saved. Salvation is totally, 100%, the work of God through Jesus Christ. We can't add any of our efforts to what Jesus did, or we will nullify the power of the cross to save us. So there is no synergy when it comes to our salvation. It is monergism. It is one person working. That's God on our behalf. Our part is simply to believe, and that is not work. That's just trusting God in what he has done. So salvation isn't synergism, it's monergism, it's all God. But once we get saved, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, and he begins to work in us. But we all know this, his work works with us. We cooperate with his work, or we resist his work. And I've done my share of both, I think, but more resisting probably. We work with God towards sanctification and growing in our experience of holiness. We work with God towards our growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We work with God towards building a life that glorifies Jesus Christ. Synergy. God works and we work. Now someone might say, maybe someone even here. And I've experienced this. You might say, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm getting closer to God. I feel dry. I feel thirsty. And so the first questions to ask would be the basic questions, the kitchen table issues. Are you praying? If you say, well, not much. Are, are you reading the Bible? Are you spending quality time in God's word? Oh, very rarely. Are you fellowshipping with other believers and getting time to have your heart refreshed by other believers? Eh, once in a while, not much. Are you spending time listening to messages and, and worship songs that stir your faith and encourage your heart? Eh, not really. If, that's, if those are the answers, then you've got your answer. You've got your answer. It's not, a, it's not a mystery that will enter eternity. Like, why didn't you grow? Because you, God's, God's not going to do our part. Amen? He's not going to do our part. We do our part. He's done, our, he's done everything with salvation. Amen? You're saved. Okay? You believe in Christ, you're saved. But he's not going to do our part with growing towards him and growing in him and growing in sanctification, which is why sometimes we as Christians can be really ugly. And really unsanctified. And we still, we're, we're saved. But we've got to put the effort into growing closer to him through his word, through prayer, through fellowship, through stirring our faith. So, Psalm 127 says, be productive, be protective, provide. But do it all with God and you will build a life that is blessed, that is ascending, that is rising. 
and not sinking. Negative side, any life, anything we build apart from God will be empty, vain, and purposeless. Positive side, that we're unless. The life built with God will be blessed and meaningful. And so let's break it into the three categories very quickly. First of all, be productive while trusting God's providence to bless your productivity. Verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You see, you, you can hear the tension there. Unless he builds it, your building is in vain. But he doesn't say don't build it. He's saying you build it, but God's got to build it or it'll be in vain. <clears throat> and I think the metaphor of a house represents everything we build, our productivity, our life work, the work we do, we put our hand to, to build a life. You are building a life. Every one of us is building a life. Every day we are building. With every choice we are building. With every decision we make, we are building. With every decision we don't make, we are building. With every investment of our time and our energy and our money and our love, we are building. With every investment we don't make of our time and our energy and our money and our love, we are building. Building our house, building our life, building the legacy we leave behind us. It can be a well-built house. It can be a house like Jesus' parable that falls apart when the winds come and the rains hit. It can be a house that's falling apart. But we are all building And this verse isn't telling us we shouldn't build. It's not saying don't be productive, just wait around for God to do it. It's not saying that at all. It's saying be productive, but don't trust your productivity to build the house. Trust in God. Don't leave God out of the building project. Because it doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how intelligent you are or athletic or nice or educated it doesn't matter what you bring to the table unless the Lord builds the house with you you're building in vain and in the end it will crush us Jesus came so that's not the case So that's not the case, so that we can have that unless the Lord building. So make God the center of your life through daily prayer, through time in the word, through fellowshipping, through singing worship, seeking God's kingdom and his will first. And if something's falling apart, maybe you're saying, my house is falling apart. If something's falling apart, cry out to God. Cry out to the Lord. Call upon God. Say, God, I need you. It's falling apart. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to heal this rift with this friend. I don't know how to, what to do with this situation that's, that's just coming down around my ears. I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know what to do with that job. I don't know what to do with my own heart. I don't know what to do. I'm, I feel like it's falling apart. 
That's a great time to call upon the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need help. And God's not going to say, let go and let God. He's going to say, grab a hold and I'm going to grab a hold too and we're going to work together. Unless the Lord builds a house. But when the Lord builds the house, and man, he loves to come in and help us build. So God, build with me. Build with me. Synergy. We work. He works. We trust his work way more than we trust our work. Second point, be protective while trusting God to protect what you cherish. Unless, same verse. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now, now this refers to a practice they had of setting watchmen, setting guards on the walls of the city in order to keep a lookout for approaching enemies. We are meant to protect what we love. We are meant to protect what we love. It's our responsibility to protect the things that we cherish. We owe it to our souls. We owe it to our souls to set a watchman over the walls of our heart. Proverbs 4.23 warns us, guard your heart above all else. Above all else, guard your heart. Because if it falls, you're falling, and everybody you could help falls too. Guard your heart above all else, for everything you do flows from it. Set a watchman over the wall of your heart. What are you letting in to your heart? What are you letting in to your mind? What are you letting control your thoughts and your attitudes and your actions and your beliefs? What are you letting in to your soul to, to guide your morals and your holiness or lack thereof? Set a watchman on a wall of your heart. Protect your heart. But also, set a watchman on the wall of your family. A watchman on the wall of your marriage if you're married. Of your children if you have children. Set a watchman. Don't, don't just like, you know, whatever. Doors unlocked. Hope nothing happens. Because it's our responsibility to protect what we love. I remember a dream I had where... I came home, we were living in the dream, we were living in an apartment, and I think just two of my kids were around then, Jared and Jennifer, and, and they're playing outside, and I went inside, and the, the next thing I know, I'm waking up, it's the next morning, and I, I realized, I left them outside, I don't even know where they are, and I just realized, I, I, like this fear overtook me that they've been outside all night, somebody took them, somebody kidnapped them, don't, don't just say, ah, you know, whatever, to anything we love, anything we love including our faith, brothers and sisters. Set a watchman over the wall. Protect, but pray. Pray the Lord's protection over all that you cherish. When we trust in our protection more than the Lord's protection, chances are really good we're going to become overprotective, I don't know if that's anybody here is guilty of being overprotective, but that's where our hearts go often when we trust our protection more than the Lord. Overprotectiveness is a symptom of thinking it's all up to us. It's all up to me. 
We want to control every eventuality. We want to guard against any conceivable danger because we feel it's up to us to safeguard what we cherish. For parents, we can be tempted to overprotect our kids. We do want to protect them, but there is such a thing as overprotection because, because the, the intention is good. We don't want any harm to come to them, but it reminds me of that moment in Finding Nemo when a nervous dad named Marlon said to a forgetful fish named Dory, he said, I promised Nemo that I would never let anything happen to him. And Dory says, that's a funny thing to promise. And Marlon says, what? He says, well, you can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for little Harpo. <laughs> Dory's a pretty wise little fish. Things happen. Many things happen. And so many things, like little Nemo with Marlin, are out of our reach of our control. We can't, we can't promise that we'll never let anything happen to our kids. We can't promise that we'll ne never let anything happen to our health. We can't promise that nothing will ever happen to our job or our lifestyle or our friendships. Nor should we promise that nothing will ever happen. We should take responsible steps to protect what we cherish. We should set the watchmen on the walls because there are enemies. You know that. There are real enemies. But we trust God to protect all that we love and cherish. Synergy. We protect. We trust God to protect. Final point. We work to provide while trusting God to provide all that we need. Verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. I, I relate to this verse. I don't know if you relate to this verse, but have you ever had something pushing on your heart? You're anxious about it. And so you're, you're like, I, if I just get up earlier, if I just work later, if I just run faster, if I just work harder, this, I can get through this. I put in longer hours. I'll burn the candle on both ends. Have you ever had that happen? And fear of failure? See, the desire to succeed in something, that has us running fast. That has us, let me get up early. Let me work late. But then if you start to feel that I'm going to fail at this, then you get up even earlier. You work even later. But your heart is racing. You're running. You're stressed out. You're anxious. You feel pressure. Maybe insomnia. Now, there's, there's a lot of different reasons for insomnia. And there are people who suffer from insomnia, and there's different reasons for that. But certainly one reason can be they're eating the bread of anxious toil. They've had an extra slice of anxious toil before going to bed. And we've all been there. And maybe you're there now. And, and let me qualify this. If you've got a huge project that's right now and you have to put in a few extra hours on either end, that's not necessarily what this is talking about. 
This is, he's talking about a lifestyle. He's talking about a heart attitude where it's a pattern in our lives. And we can be fooled into thinking, you know, if I just get this one thing said, if I, if I just get this project taken care of, if I can just get us out of debt again, or if I can just get that raise, or I can get that accolade at work, or I can get this, or I can get that. Once I get that, I'm going to be able to be at peace, and I'm going to sleep like a baby. And, and maybe you do have a season. I believe there are seasons where we have to put in extra hours and we have to work harder. But the anxiety does not have to be there, even in that situation. But when it's a pattern of eating the bread of anxious toil, then we need to understand that once you get that thing done, there's going to be another slice waiting for you. There's going to be another slice of anxious toil for you to put in the toaster and slap some butter on. Okay, so if it's a pattern, don't fool yourself into thinking, yeah, but just this one time. I'm just going to get up a little earlier. I'm going to go to bed later. I'm going to trust in the Lord. This might sound repetitive, but once again, God's word isn't saying don't work hard. It's saying that no matter how hard you work, unless the Lord provides only this is this verse puts it a little differently finally Solomon actually finds a positive way to put it the Lord gives his beloved sleep um, some Bible interpreters interpret what he's saying here a little differently they believe Solomon's not saying he gives you sleep. Although, I believe he does. I believe he does help us to rest and sleep. And sleep is an important part of our productivity, by the way. Getting a good night's rest. But some interpreters believe what Solomon is saying is, while you're sleeping, he's still doing the work that you're concerned about. He's giving you some of the work product that you are striving to provide he is providing for you even while your head is on the pillow i think both interpretations are valid interpretations god is he doesn't sleep he's working for us sometimes you go to bed on a problem you wake up and it's solved sometimes you go to bed chewing on something you fall asleep you wake up and it's like you've got the that's from god here's the answer Trust in the Lord to be our provider. Give us this day our daily bread, but not anxious bread. The bread of your provision. Rest in the Lord. Know when it's time to close up shop and trust the Lord. To keep working on your behalf. Know when it's time to close the laptop. Shut the phone off. Turn off the phone. Get refreshed. Spend time with your family. Take time for your own replenishment. Give boundaries to your work days. And that can be a tremendous act of faith. Not thinking that you've got to answer every call. You've got to do everything. You've got to put those hours in or it will all fall to pit. What are we saying then? We're saying it's unless I do this. So sometimes turning it all down, saying, you know what? I put a good day's work in. I'm going to spend some time with my family. I'm going to go for a walk. 
I'm going to replenish my own soul. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. That's an act of faith. God, I trust you, and I trust the jobs that I'm worried about today will still be there tomorrow, and we'll tackle it again tomorrow, but I trust you. Trust in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Work hard, but trust in the Lord. As we close, synergy. It's a beautiful thing. We work, God works. But we trust in God's work more than ours. I want to, uh, we're going to, we're going to uh, sing a song together as we close in worship. And while we do this, I want you to be thinking, is there something God is speaking to your heart about? Is there some area, whether it be the house you're building, whether it be something you're protecting, or whether it be you're worried about your job, you're worried about providing, you're worried about some project or something, I want to just encourage you, give God, let him be the GC of your life, the general contractor. Let him oversee the job. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him.